The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. You're listening to the VPM Daily Newscast, the recap of today's top stories in Central Virginia. From the VPM Newsroom in Richmond, I'm Kim Strother. Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin won't roll out his next budget proposal until December 20th, but he recently announced one key component, close to a billion in early childhood education. Megan Pauley with VPM News reports. More than one-third would represent new state funding above previous appropriations. The federal child care subsidy program would receive the largest investment under his proposal. It's at risk of having to unenroll about 30,000 kids statewide when pandemic relief funds run out next summer. Youngkin says he wants to keep expanded eligibility for the program, but said all families would be on the hook for a copay regardless of income. In order to stretch the program as far as we could, um, we felt it appropriate for families to pay something. The Virginia Department of Education hasn't released details showing exactly what families would have to pay under the new plan. But right now, some families don't have to pay a fee at all if they meet the income requirement. Megan Pauley, VPM News. Delegate Les Adams of Martinsville resigned from the Virginia House of Delegates Tuesday. Adams is a Republican who ran unopposed in the November election. The Virginia Public Access Project classifies the district as a strong Republican seat. Governor Glenn Youngkin has set a January 9th election to fill the position. That would allow the winner to be seated in the General Assembly, which begins the following day. Chesterfield County resident Darlene Dragavon came across a granite marker in a community field with the words, In Memory of Joan C. Hall. She wondered, who was Joan C. Hall? As part of the VPM News Curious Commonwealth segment, reporter Ian Stewart set out to find the answer. Darlene Dragavon takes a mile walk around her neighborhood just off South Providence Road in North Chesterfield pretty much every day. I go out to get distracted by the uh, wildlife. On one of these strolls, just around the block over on Clovertree Court, she noticed a small granite marker embedded in a field. The platter-sized stone surrounded by grass is easy to miss, but it still caught her eye. In memory of Joan C. Hall. So somebody loved her, appreciated, respected her, you know? The first step in finding Joan C. Hall, of course, after a quick internet search, was to contact the county and the State Department of Historical Resources, but those were dead ends. Finally, a promising lead at the Chesterfield Historical Society of Virginia. Those are the chimes of Big Ben in the Houses of Parliament in London, says Lise van der Linden Brusa, chair of the Library Committee. The building is uh, Trinity Church, and it was built in 1887. The all-volunteer nonprofit holds the keys to Chesterfield's past with some 25,000 items, including roughly 6,000 photographs. Basically, what we have is books, maps, periodicals, the cemetery file, which is what Rachel's in charge of. Rachel Lipovich knows her cemeteries and likes solving mysteries. She curates files containing more than 600 cemeteries, the bulk of them family plots. 
Scattered on our desk are a handful of papers, including a printout of the picture of the hall marker. It's small, and you see stones like this in graveyards all the time. Usually there's dates on it. I thought to myself, okay, so why is this stone where it is? Lipovich has a few ideas. Could be there because it's a memorial stone, so stone just to commemorate her. It could have been dumped there. Her first step is to go to the county's website because sometimes it lists former cemeteries. After not seeing any, she determines that Hall wasn't buried there. So my process next is I have to find Joan C. Hall. And I didn't go to Ancestry first because they usually go by maiden names. So I went to newspapers.com and I looked up Joan C. Hall and I got a hit. It was from a 1986 Richmond Times-Dispatch article about the Richmond Council of Women's Groups celebrating 50 years of service. And here's Joan right here, and she was the president. According to the article, Hall was president of the council for two terms. Her maiden name was Colby. With her maiden name and her last name there, I was able to go back to Ancestry and say, okay, so I wonder if she has passed away. And I did find a death certificate for her. She died a few years later, 1988. Lipovich has printed out Hall's death and marriage certificates and her obituary. Besides her stint as president of the Richmond Council for Women, Hall was also a senior board member of Children's Hospital. She's buried at Sunset Memorial Park in Chesterfield County. Right next to her mother. Her mother died, I think, 10 years later. She was 38. And her uh, mother died 10 years later, and so they are side by side. So the stone that Darlene Dragovan found embedded in the field of grass is a commemorative stone, says Lipovich. When you look at her death certificate, where did she live? She lived at 7966 Clover Tree Court. So that's why the stone is there. I'm going to say that that was placed in her memory. So with this information in hand, I stopped by Sunset Memorial Park. Found it. Joan M. Colby, July... Just to let Joan C. Hall know that some people from her old neighborhood were thinking about her. Ian Stewart, VPM News. For more Curious Commonwealth stories, visit vpm.org curious. Virginia Commonwealth University has revised the number of reported rapes on campus after school officials say the data was underreported for two years. VCU's police chief says there were 20 accounts of rape in 2022, not the previously stated five, according to the Richmond Times-Dispatch. Officials say the increase could be the result of more survivors reporting the assaults. VCU offers counseling, medical care, and advocacy for rape survivors. For information, email myoptions at vcu.edu. The Virginia Institute for Marine Science has outlined a plan to bolster a fish species that was once more plentiful in the James River. Catherine Hafner with partner station WHRO News has the details. Shad is called America's founding fish. It was a key food source for indigenous peoples and early colonists. The local shad population has collapsed in recent years due to overfishing, pollution, climate change, and river damming. Eric Hilton with VIMS was lead author on the new recovery plan, which was funded by state lawmakers. He says there's no one solution to bringing back shad. We're managing you know, everything from humans to environments to a changing climate. All of these aspects are coming from all of these different directions. He says that requires a multi-pronged approach. Some suggestions include further study of shad habitats and potential new rules for facilities like power plants that remove large amounts of water from the river. It's now up to state officials to decide what to do next. That was Catherine Hafner with partner station WHRO News.
The 47-year-old owner of several Charlottesville-area restaurants died early Tuesday morning in a single-vehicle crash. Wilson Alden Ritchie died at the scene after his car crashed along Owensville Road in Albemarle County, according to county police. Ritchie owned the Whiskey Bar, an anchor of the Charlottesville Downtown Mall, as well as Bebedero, Dooners, and others. A number of the restaurants were closed Tuesday. County police is investigating the incident. During a Tuesday meeting, Richmond City Council approved hiring a new auditor. W. Brett Lewis is currently serving in the position on an interim basis. Riyad Ali begins his new position on December 18th. He previously worked for Broward County, Florida, where he served as audit manager in the office of the inspector general. The city's most recent auditor's report was released last week and details issues with a personal property tax. The report found that about 13,000 vehicles were, quote, incorrectly assessed. This has been the VPM Daily Newscast. Some of these stories may have changed since the newscast was recorded. You can stay connected to what matters by heading to vpm.org news or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MyVPM. VPM. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.